Quit holding your breath, sis. We're about to learn how to breathe, stretch, shake, and let it go. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany, the joke-cracking, detail-oriented friend who is always down the road when you need her. For the legal stuff, though, not the illegal stuff. And I'm Germany, the loyal friend who keeps you laughing. I'm a ray of sunshine, and you can always find me on the dance floor. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, boo-boos. And if you're new here, welcome. Welcome. Motivation. That is stuck in my head. Motivation. <laughs> welcome. Are you feeling motivated today? Oh, yes. I am feeling motivated. We're tackling task by task. Overwhelm freeze is a thing of the past. Okay. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. Body in it. It is, though. I'm body in okay, it. Okay, I'm glad I'm feeling you're feeling inspired. like that. I'm glad you're feeling like that. How about you? I'm feeling good. And that's just that. <laughs> Sometimes that's as good as it gets. And you know, I want to bask in that. I want to bask in the moments where I'm feeling good because some moments I am not feeling good. And mm. I'm just like, where is the fucking good? Yeah. Where is it? Because I feel bad right now. So luckily for y'all. You caught me at a good moment. The mics were turned on in a good moment. And so I'm excited to be here with y'all today mm-hmm. and chat with y'all. It's nice to be here. It is nice. In the midst of our Coming Home series. I believe this is our last episode. This is. Of the Coming Home series. It's been so eye-opening and refreshing and grounding and empowering. Just having this series where we get to talk about ways to be better. And not just ways to be better, tools. Ways and tools to be better. I feel like this is my coming home year. Mm. I don't know if it has to do with like getting older, which is a blessing. But I think it has more so to do with just being tired of my own shit. Or even if it's not shit, just tired of the sameness. Yeah. Tired. And I feel like I wrote in my uh, my intentions to find more ways to like be more vulnerable. Baby, it's been showing up for you. All you have to say is, I want to try. And he's going to say, here you go. I'm like, where's, where, where are the other things I've written down? Where are the, where are the manifestations of those other things I wrote down on the experience? No, but honey. I was thinking that I was like, I wrote that down and I, I've really been tested. Mm-hmm. I've been tested and I've been presented with different opportunities to just be vulnerable. And whenever an opportunity comes up for me to do just that, I just lean into it because I remember that I wrote it down on the paper. Like instead of trying to be like, oh, I'm cool. I'm OK. Yeah everything's good i'm like just say the real yeah yeah let the tears fall out of your eyes let them your drop. weeping eyes let them drop so yeah i feel like this is a coming home year for me this series has definitely been assisting me in that journey yeah and i think in this journey we've been looking for more and more practices to do just that to come home we talked about getting into journaling more playfulness, being more honest and vulnerable with ourselves, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with other people. Mm -hmm. And all of these are just tools to aid us in this practice. And another tool, because we love adding shit to the box, is breathwork. Breathwork is really a tool that we already have and we might not even know it. It's like that little wrench that comes with the furniture that you build. What is that one? Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. The one you think you don't need. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Hopefully y'all know what I'm talking yeah, about too. Yeah, it comes with it. So it you don't even need to go it. into your toolkit. You don't. And that's what breath work is. It already comes in you. It's mm. already with you. Mm. You don't got to go do nothing outside of yourself. Go find some other shit. This thing is right here with you. So that's yeah. what we're talking about. And I had an experience with breath work that wasn't an intentional experience. And by not being intentional, I mean, like, I wasn't seeking it out. Right. I had went to this, like, wellness day, Black Girl in Ohm. It was a couple years back. I was in San Francisco visiting Morgan, and she had got us tickets to go to this. So it was, like, a full wellness day full of, like, panels and different activities. And one of the workshops that we could go to was breath work. 
And we were like, let's check it out. I'm thinking it's just going to be some breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got to breathing, things got to coming up. Right. Feelings started to come up. And mind you, this was two years or so, three years back. So I wasn't really in a space to like really work through those because like I'm just now starting to do that more. So I quickly suppressed them. But like now that I said, like I'm trying to come more into myself and just discover parts of myself and be more vulnerable. I was like, I feel like breath work can definitely be something that I can revisit with more intention now. Yeah. Believe you me. <laughs> I agree. So since we're now talking about breath work, we're just going to give you all some benefits. It's an immediate stress reliever. It also helps with depression and anxiety. We didn't say cure. We said help with improves your sleep. Increases self-love. It increases your self-esteem and confidence. It can help you release trauma or fear that you have. And it also can eliminate chronic pain. I know like when you were doing yoga practices sometimes or like breathe into the parts of your body that may feel tight or breathe into places where you may feel pain. Mm -hmm. So breath work is something where you can continue to do that breathing. And today we have someone on this episode who is going to drop all the knowledge about breathwork, what it is, how to use it. Today we have Dominice Clifton. She's the founder of Move and Seal, a mission-driven organization that offers holistic stress management and recovery solutions, including movement, mindfulness practices, and embodied education workshops. Dominice is also the host of the School of Healing podcast. I'm super excited to get into this conversation. Dominice is going to give us all the tea, drop all the gems about breath work. And we can't wait to chat right after this. Hey, bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's revelation. What does Black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of Black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like the narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. 
Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony. In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted Hormone Harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. <laughs> the real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. Okay, y'all, before we get back into the show, we have some to-do items for y'all. First, if you are here and you have not clicked that follow button, do that so that you are following us and you are aware of all of the episodes. Hit that bell so you get a notification to your phone because the homegirl says she was three weeks behind. Oh, my. Because she didn't remember the episodes were coming out. Well, let me tell you something. You don't have to be behind if you hit the bell. Hit the bell and you'll get a notification on your phone saying, hey, new episode. (laughs) Also, make sure you rate the show. We really appreciate it. Every time you rate, it's like a little Yelp review. It is. It's a a friend telling a friend telling a friend. So if you love what you are hearing, you've shared it in a group chat, make sure you do your last part and leave a rating. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Also, join the Homegirl Hangout. So the Homegirl Hangout is our membership community where we just pour more into our girls. We build community over there. We have live bonus episodes every month. We have our check-in. 
where we check in on how we're feeling emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Yes, we have our audio affirmations as well as our visual affirmations, our playlist. And our journal prompts. And our journal prompts, fire-ass journal prompts. So get on over there, especially if you are looking to build community amongst like-minded women. Okay. This is the place for you. It is. We also have our, there's so much. We have a book club, a group chat. We have all the things. And the easiest way to join the homegirl hangout is by visiting us at theblackgirlbravado.com. Yes. Your one-stop shop for all things BGB. Alrighty, y'all. Let's get back to the show. Dominique, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to have you today. The work that you're doing is so necessary and also so inspiring. So let's just get into this conversation. So being a breathwork facilitator, it's not that common. So what life experiences led you to want to make this your career path? So I want to thank y'all first for letting me be here with y'all. And I'm honored to be able to have this conversation. But to answer the question, I would say exactly your question was why I decided to become a breathwork facilitator. So as a Black woman in the wellness space, I can't tell you how many times I have been in classes or sessions and like I've been the only. And even in 2023, like that's still a lot of our experiences were very underrepresented as people of color, as Black people in the wellness industry. And I think I just got tired of going in spaces and not seeing myself and having to like look for, you know, like seek out people of color, black and brown people. And so I got my breathwork certification after getting my yoga certification. And I got my yoga certification because I found a black girl on YouTube that I love. And I was like, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. Like, if she, you know, because she kept me motivated. Like, we want to be able to see people that can relate to our experiences and that have some of those cultural similarities with us. And so as someone, again, who's been in the wellness space for a long time and I never saw myself, like I inserted myself intentionally into that space as a yoga instructor and a breathwork facilitator because representation matters. And, you know, that's an important part of calling people into wellness spaces, like seeing other people that look like us and being able to establish trust. That's what motivated me. And even in the space now as a Black woman, there are not many Black breathwork facilitators. Um, my breathwork program, there was about a hundred of us in the cohort. And I was maybe one of five, if that. And so, you know, it's just like really coming into the space and then inviting others into the space as well, because we need to see more of us in these spaces. We do. We do, we do because child, we want to breathe. We want to do breath work. You, <laughs> right. like, you know, there's so many, um, like you mentioned, wellness routines and like practices that are just dominated by others and it can intimidate you and feel like do I deserve to do this too or is this available to me as well I had a breathwork experience more recently there is a um, organization here in LA called walk good and they do Mm -hmm. a lot of community events yoga around yoga meditation mindfulness and they hosted an amazing event and the breathwork facilitator was a black woman and I was like oh shit right (laughs) and um, I just really enjoyed seeing her there because again the representation and seeing myself in someone who's doing this type of work and it was also led by like had some music mm-hmm. you know it, we were breathing to the rhythm and that felt mm-hmm. that felt natural to me too i said you know instead of dancing you know breathing yeah breathing to the rhythm. <laughs> breathe stretch shake let it you go. know yeah. i was like yeah i'm really tapped in yeah and i know that there are a lot of different types of breath work i know that mine was done with music but can you mm-hmm. explain the different types of breath work Yeah. So for anyone who's listening, let's just start with what is breathwork, because there might be some people that are listening that don't even know what the concept is. Like, it's still a fairly new concept, although more people are becoming familiar. And so breathwork is the act of conscious breathing. So right now, as the three of us are having this conversation, like, obviously, we are all breathing. And gratefully, like, this is not something that we have to think about, right? Because we wouldn't survive, literally, like, if we had to add another thing to our to-do list. So we just breathe and it happens automatically. So when you engage in breathwork, it's the act of consciously breathing. So really regulating and changing your patterns. And there are several different types of breath work. Like breath work has been around for a long time, especially in like, you know, on the Eastern side of the world. So there's holotropic breath work, the type of breath work practice that I learned. Um, there's, you know, different durations of the breath work. It's not so much as like the different types of breath work as I would say more so the patterns of breath work. So there are many different patterns that can have different influences on your body. And so to give you an example, 
example, if you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, there are specific types of patterns that you can do that are going to help calm your nervous system and calm your body down. And then on the flip side, if you are maybe tired or feeling depressed or, you know, feeling more lethargic, there are breathwork practices that you can participate in to speed up the nervous system and to really wake your body up. And so I would say for people that are listening, instead of focusing on like different types of breath where you just have to think about what your desired outcome is and focus on a pattern that's going to be helpful for your desired outcome. I love that. I do too. That is so interesting. And that's why I'm so glad that we have you here because honestly, I'm new to the breathwork practice. I've only been to one session, but um, I have this app where they have different breathwork mm-hmm. programs, I guess. And so they, they piqued my interest. But when we were looking up our like doing our research on breathwork, and I was looking at all of the different benefits of breath work. Um, and I was going down the list. And one of the things that is said that breath work helps aid in is increase self-esteem, mm. self-love and confidence. And I was thinking, how? So, like, how does breath work <laughs> help with those things? Because those are a lot of things that we battle with. Yeah. So I would say that when it comes to like breath work and increasing your self-esteem, I'm just going to speak from my personal experience. I think for me, breath work has helped me to be more connected with my body. And so understanding myself better, which I think like once you understand yourself better, like for myself, I was disconnected from my body for a long time due to a lot of childhood trauma. And so like I didn't feel like I wasn't connected to my intuition. And so what breath work has allowed for me to do is really like reestablish a relationship with my myself. When you know yourself, you feel good about yourself. Like when you can understand your strengths and the things that you're good at. And again, like really just build that relationship with yourself, like that builds your confidence. And so outside of that, I would also say that when it comes to like building self-esteem, I think that a part of feeling good about yourself and being confident is being able to trust yourself. And I think that that goes into having that intuitive guidance from yourself. Like a lot of us are very disconnected from our intuition, especially in our society. It's not really something that we talk about or we tap into. It's something that we hear a lot about now, but people don't really understand like, what does it mean to be tapped into my intuition? Like, what does it mean to go to myself for guidance first? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we we seek answers externally, right? Like we go to our friends, parents, you know, mentors, coaches, like all of these things. And so for me, it has helped me to be more confident in myself because I'm able to trust myself and like really tap into my inner wisdom, my higher self, like something that we all have access to. So to answer your question, I would say that that's what's coming up for me just from my own personal experience is just having a better relationship with myself and my body. That makes perfect sense. This is our coming Mm. home to yourself series. Mm. And we're talking about ways that we can come home to ourselves. And the self-trust and intuition is real because we'll be like, Lord, send me a sign. Yeah, and then the (laughs) sign show up and don't even want to lean on it. All the time we can be breathing. The sign is within. It's like, girl, do this practice and connect with yourself. So I love how you you brought that around because it does make total sense and really put it into like a great perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I really do want to get into the breath work more because I struggle with that. Like okay. sometimes just leaning in and like trusting, having my own like in navigator in the inside, mm-hmm. my maps be off. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> regulate, 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 you know, but I'm sure that implementing these practices, these tools, using the tools that we already have will just strengthen that for me. Mm-hmm. So Dominice, we've been all up and through your social media girl, mm-hmm. all up in there. And we really <laughs> love the way you can not only identify an issue or a stressor, but help us find relief for those stressors. Mm -hmm. What do you think is a common stressor amongst black women? Is there a common stressor Mm. amongst us? So I was sharing earlier that I was um, walking today before we hit record and I was listening to one of y'all's podcast episode and you were talking about overwhelm and just like freezing because you have so much to do. And I think something that is universal for a lot of Black women is that women in general, but specifically Black women, just, you know, if you look at historically our society and what sort of expectation has been placed on us for so long and the role that we've had to play for so long, like we have so many people depending on us and so many expectations and people counting on us, whether it's family members, it's friends. And like, we want to, we want to be here for everyone. You know, we want to put everyone before us. And 
a lot of times I think that we don't prioritize ourselves. Like we feel that it's selfish or we feel guilty. Like I've had so many conversations with women where they're like, you know, I feel guilty for taking time for myself because I feel like I should be spending that time with my partner or my children or doing work or building my business. And I think because again, like the narrative for so long has been like, we are at the end of the totem pole. Like we come last. That's like still ingrained in so many of us. One thing I will applaud millennials for is I think that as Black women, we are doing a better job. Like we still have some ways to go, but we are doing a better job with self-care, soul care, taking better care of ourselves. But I think for Black women, the narrative for so long has been like everyone else comes before us that it's easy for us to forget about ourselves and put ourselves last and not really make time for ourselves. And I will speak from my own personal experience. My grandmother, who is now an ancestor, so much of my work is really motivated by her legacy. Um, So she's the perfect example of a Black woman that was putting everyone before her. She went through a lot of trauma, like childhood trauma, you know, relationship trauma. She experienced a divorce. She raised eight children pretty much by herself. And my grandmother had a brain aneurysm at 50 years old. Wow. And right. So it, it changed her whole entire life. And when I was a child, I saw how this impacted her. And so she went from taking care of everyone, you know, being the provider, the matriarch of the family to having to be cared for. And she spent the last couple of decades of her life like needing to be cared for. And that is a perfect example of someone who, you know, went through their whole entire life, like not taking care of themselves, not allowing themselves space and time to heal from their trauma and really seeing like how that impacts us physically. And so I I share her story always as a Black woman to other Black women because a lot of times we might think that we have more time or I'll get to myself tomorrow. But 50 years old is not, you know, that's not old. That's young. Like, I'm in my mid-30s now. And I'm like, she was young. You know, she had a lot of life left. But that's just an example of what it looks like, what can happen when we don't take care of ourselves. Hmm, child. Girl, that's all you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's real. It's so it's real. It's very and- real. And you um, mentioning like your grandmother and all the responsibility that she had. And then you also touched on millennials. And that brings me to the thought that when we're in our 20s, we are stressing over totally different things Mm -hmm. that we're stressing over in our 30s. Right. Like when it's your 20s, it's like, okay, I just need to solidify a career. I just got out of college. And then when you get in your 30s, it's like, okay, I'm ready to settle down, start a family, maybe buy a house. Have you noticed that there's been a variety or like a range of stressors depending on the age of black women? Or is there just like a common? Mm. I personally think from just my experiences and the women that I have interacted with that like we are dealing with universal stressors because there's so much more pressure on us. Like mm-hmm. I was listening to a TD Jake sermon on YouTube a while back and he was talking about how Yes, our families, like our parents, our grandparents had stress, but the level of stress that we are dealing with and even older women that are living, you know, maybe and I'm saying older, maybe like 50, 60, even though that there were things that stressed us out in the past, the level of stress and pressure is different because of the access to social media. Like we literally have on our phones, you know, technology because of technology, we have access to millions of people's lives. And that adds a different level of stress and pressure that our parents and our grandparents And, you know, people before that ancestrally didn't have to deal with. And so I think that regardless of the age, whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s and beyond, I think that the pressure is just different because we are opened up and comparing ourselves to millions of people on any given day. And again, that was just something that didn't exist 20 or 30 years ago. So I think all of us, like regardless of age, and we're seeing that, you know, younger middle school, high school, like they're feeling that level of pressure and stress, too. And again, it's because we we are exposed to so much. so young and we have access to so much we do we see it all mm-hmm. the way the, the way the kids are today I'm like I wasn't like that and I know why the internet yeah the internet yes. came in and just wrangled us up yeah. I'm like it, it's the internet came over and shook a table it turned the table upside down it yeah did. and I catch myself sometimes when I'm on the internet feeling like I need to like r- literally disconnect and breathe mm-hmm. because it's like you get so wrapped up and your mind starts running racing and you're like okay I need to do this Mm -hmm. I need to do that why am I feeling this anxiety Mm -hmm. in my body Mm -hmm. yeah so I think everybody you know I think a lot of us are feeling that though you know what I mean like I think again like teenagers are feeling it like the the stress the stress that we experience might be different based on like whether we're a teenager in our 20s or 30s but I think that everyone is experiencing similar levels of stress and pressure because of modern day technology and just where our society is now 
Yes, you are right. Honey. That makes sense. Talking about modern day technology and something else <laughs> that I see all over the Internet are wellness practitioners and facilitators. Mm. I'm going to say that there's been an influx of healers and people who are doing this type of work. I want to know what process do you put in place to vet these either spaces or people who are holding space for for those of us who need it to make sure that it's like a safe, accepting, welcoming place for us to come in and be vulnerable? Mm. What's your process? So two things stand out. The first one is, again, I've been in so many spaces where no one in the room looks like me. Like when you look at the wellness industry, it's 70% white when it comes to who's in the industry and who's really guiding and leading in the industry as far as instructors go. So it's about 70% white. And then that 30% is split between black and brown people. And so the first thing is, if I'm going into a space, I want to make sure that I feel like I'm represented in that space, whether that is other students or, you know, the instructors, or whomever owns the studio, like that's really important to me because for so long, like that just wasn't my experience. And now as a black woman, like that's something that I care about passionately because it's small things, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like the hair, like I need to know that she understands, like if I need to do something to my hair or, you know, like she can, she can hold space for me in, in those sorts of ways. So, so there's that like cultural piece that's really important. But I think outside of like having a black or brown body, I think it's also important to have someone who is culturally competent. So maybe you cannot find a studio or a space to go to that has someone that's black or brown, but then, okay, are they culturally competent? Like, do they understand my experience? Like, can we have a conversation and have some things in common, right? And then another thing I think is important, especially in the day and time that we're living in post-COVID, is finding practitioners, healers that are Mm trauma-informed. Like, that's very, like, buzzword now. Like, everyone's, you know, you're hearing that a lot more, but people are dealing with a lot of heavy shit. And so you want to make sure that you are in a space with someone or having someone to hold space for you who is not going to re-traumatize you with, you know, what they're offering you, but are really able to hold space for you in a way that is safe for you mentally, physically. And so those would be my top three things. Like if I can find someone who looks like me or understands, you know, what my experience is like, that's at the top of the list. If I cannot, then I want to make sure that they're culturally competent. And then I also, again, want to make sure that they are trauma informed so that they're holding space for me in a safe way. Because what we know and what What I've learned is that we can have the best intentions, but sometimes our intentions and the impact that we make can be totally separate completely different. And so you can go into a space and be seeking healing, but you can be talking to a therapist that might say something that's offensive because they don't understand your experience, right? Or you might be having someone lead you through breath work and they're pushing you like beyond your edge too soon and it's re-traumatizing you. Like it's bringing up emotions and things that you are not ready to face. And so that will be my top three suggestions when people are looking for someone, healer, guy, you know, someone to hold space to really think about those three things. Yeah, that's great advice. It is. A safe space is definitely needed because I've noticed through breath work that it causes emotions to come up. And when I had my breath work session, I definitely felt some emotions coming up. And even sometimes when I have had the few sessions at home, I'm like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. What the hell is this coming up? And when you're out in public and you're having that experience, it can make you feel a little self-conscious mm-hmm. if the space is not safe or maybe if you don't feel safe with yourself to just let those emotions come out. I know that Germany, you said that you had like a similar, <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like my experience. A similar experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I, I had my breathwork experience, it was, t- something was coming up child. And I was trying to suppress it. I did. Mm-hmm. I not try. I did suppress it. And I was thinking what I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was the space that I didn't feel safe in. It was also my first time. And the facilitator said, you know, you might feel something. It's okay to let it go. But I hadn't, giving myself that permission mm-hmm. to let it go. I was like, somebody else in here could let it go, but I'm not. I'm holding, mine. <laughs> I'm holding on to mine, yeah. baby. And, and I think it was just because I was so new there. I didn't know what mm-hmm. to say, how it was going to come out or how to feel, what all would be released because there were yeah. some people in the room who were wailing. And I was like, I'm glad they feel comfortable. I'm glad they feel, I, I am. And I, I strongly desire to have that level of comfort not just with myself, but in a space where I feel like everybody's here for the same reason. And I just didn't get there yet. Yeah, I felt the same. Like when I had my experience, I didn't like let out an audible cry. 
but definitely I felt the emotions coming up and like the tears were coming out of my eyes. And then honestly, what it really was is there's this thing in my mind that if people see me crying, it just looks like I'm struggling and I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a personal thing that I need to work through, but that's what I was thinking in like that room full of people. Mm -hmm. And so for people who are are struggling with that self-consciousness, Um, When having these like group meditative somatic experiences, what is your suggestion or advice to cope with that or get through those moments? So before I answer the question about the group setting and coping with that, you said something that I have to address. So earlier you asked me about black women and, you know, like, can't remember the exact question, but it was along the lines of like, you know, why, why do I feel like we carry so much? And you said that you were afraid to kind of just let yourself be in that space because you thought people would perceive you as struggling or broken. And I'm wondering, number one, um, and this is something as I'm asking you this question that I've been working through a lot myself, like how we place so much importance on what other people think about us, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's such an important thing for us. But the other piece of that is the perception that we always have to be strong. So like, I can't let my guard down in this space because I got to be tight because I got to be put together because I got to be strong. And I think as black women, like we uphold that narrative of like, we don't get to be weak. We don't get to be vulnerable. We don't get to let ourselves cry. So I would, and this is just like for anyone listening, like if you have a hard time with allowing yourself to be vulnerable or be seen as like weak in a space, like maybe again, like having a conversation with yourself or maybe sitting with yourself and wondering like, what is the story? Where did that story come from? And like, why am I upholding that? And what does it look like for me to begin to process and release that? Because I think a lot of times, again, as black women, like we do uphold these stories that we don't get to be weak, right? And that can be detrimental because if things were coming up, your body was telling you like, hey, there's something here that we need to work through and release. But because you were thinking, I don't want to be weak in this space or seen as broken, you weren't allowing yourself to release in that way. And so I would just encourage you and again anyone and I'm talking to myself too like just allow yourself to be without you know putting a story on it or thinking that it means something because really all it means is that your body wants to release and it doesn't make you weak it doesn't make you broken it just means that you have some things that you need to let go of I think we need to get over the what happens in this house stays in this house yeah I need to get over that there's a lot of this is our house this is our house and we're like "Uh uh-uh only I need to know. We don't even in the spaces where we can be vulnerable, mm-hmm. we still won't be vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. You gotta be in your room, locked door locked, journal open before one, you say, Okay, I can let it go. One tear fall that you're suppressing. One, <laughs> <laughs> one hits the page and you're like, yes. That's enough. We and it's like, why? That. Why is that the case? Like, especially for black women, like, why is that the case that we don't get to be weak? Like, we don't get to be vulnerable. Like, we always have to be strong because it's exhausting, y'all. It's, we, we know it's exhausting. And then as far as the group setting goes, I think that you have to know yourself. And just, again, speaking to the conversation that we had, you have to know, like, what you feel safe and comfortable with. So if you're thinking, okay, I don't want anyone in this space to see me cry, then maybe your first couple of breathwork experiences don't need to be in a group setting because the whole point of breathwork is to allow yourself to release. And if it's uncomfortable and if you're holding on and not really allowing yourself to go there because of people in the room, it's understandable, right? It's no judgment, but you got to understand and know what you need. And so I would suggest instead of being in a group setting, maybe you need a one-to-one breathwork session with a facilitator that you can build a relationship and trust. Because trust me, I have had many of one-to-one sessions and I have ugly cry, y'all, like real bad. And it's like, I can let myself do that because it's me and you and I trust you and I trust that you're going to hold space for me. But in a group setting, I don't know if I would be able to, again, like let my guard down that way. So I would say maybe start one-to-one or find a couple of friends that you trust, two or three girlfriends, and y'all bring a facilitator together and like do it in that way, as opposed to going to a studio and engaging in something where you're not fully going to let yourself be vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's great advice. You, you mentioned something earlier about sometimes a facilitator might push you too far or too soon. Do you have a recommendation for like how you should start? Like, actually, Mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend 10 minutes at first, 15 minutes or, you know, maybe not anything super intense. Because I, as someone who is a novice in this space, very ignorant, don't really know much. I will get on the app and be like, let's get it. You know, Mm -hmm. you just zero to 100. (laughs) Just go for the gusto. Yeah. Like, I feel like that class was and it was beautiful. It was beautiful because I had never experienced anything like that. But it was like 45 minutes of breath Mm -hmm. work. And I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, for somebody who's never done breath work, we coming Mm -hmm. in hot, baby. Yeah. I was expecting a little 10, 15 minutes. We were doing different things. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mine was the same. It was like 45 minutes and I felt emotionally exhausted mm-hmm. afterwards. And I was like, where's the aftercare? Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? Like, do you have any like just kind of advice for anybody who's just this? This is the first time they're hearing about this mm-hmm. and this has piqued their interest. And they're like, I'm starting today. I think this is such a great question. And I am grateful for you all asking this question, because oftentimes, especially in our society, we always think that like no pain, no gain. Or like if I don't go hard, like, you know, we are programmed to think that if it isn't hard, it's not worth it or it's not working. Like we have to work hard. We got to do everything hard. And what we learned in my facilitation program is like more or harder is not always better. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can just be a slow, gentle experience and it could be just as moving to your body. And so Personally, as a facilitator, I typically, with someone who's never experienced breath work, I'm not taking them to 100. Like we're going to ease, it's called titration. So it's allowing your nervous system to ease into the process. Because again, like once we open this can of worms for the first time, we don't know what's about to pop out. And so I'm not going to take you up to 100 because that might not feel safe for your nervous system. And then it might turn you off and you don't want to do it again. And so typically when I work with someone who's new to breath work, we're starting with maybe 10 minutes of breath work. to kind of ease you into it. And then I'm going to ask you how that feels and I'm going to hold space and we're going to talk about that experience. And then the next time we come together, we can build it up. Eventually we'll get to that 45 minute breathing session, but I'm definitely not doing that with a person that's new to breath work. Because again, like if something, let's just say, this is the way that trauma works. Sometimes trauma happens and we repress it. Like our subconscious minds will literally pack it away in the closet and forget about it. Put the the lock on the memory and forget about it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm holding space for you and you start breathing, Breathing and like a memory comes up, like a flash of a memory from maybe being like sexually assaulted or something, you were not prepared for that, right? Yeah, and right. I'm most of the time breathwork facilitators are not therapists. So now I've just like triggered something major in you that you were not necessarily ready to deal with. Whereas if we had titrated and eased our way in, you know, your body could have responded differently to the practice and it could have built up and like released that in a different way. And so I always think that you don't want to shock the nervous system by doing too much too soon. It's always better to ease in. And so to answer the question, if someone is listening and they're like, okay, where do I start? I would say start with just taking a couple of deep breaths. Because honestly, like most of us are moving so fast. We are thinking about tomorrow, next week, next month. Like none Mm -hmm. of us are present in the moment. And a lot of times we don't realize the amount of stress that we're holding in our bodies. And so just by slowing down and being intentional about taking a breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, we can really just calm down our nervous system before we jump into a class or go to a facilitator. We can just be intentional with our own selves, like starting to build a relationship with our own bodies and like allowing our bodies to slow down. So that would be what I would suggest with getting started. Like just take some deep breaths because we a lot of times we are not doing that. We're breathing from our chest like we're holding all this stress in and just a few deep breaths. I've seen it happen a ton of times. People are like, oh, my God, that feels so much better. Like I did not realize how much I was holding. So that's what I would say to start. I just did. As soon as you said, take a few deep breaths. I'm like, girl, breathe. Please, (laughs) You know, you'll be sitting here not even breathing. Just Mm -hmm. yeah. Uptight. Mm -hmm. Not breathing. I know. So, Dominice, with the emotions that come up for some of us, what is some aftercare that you recommend after we've done the practice and we're like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So you said something you were like, you said um, you were like, this felt very like emotionally taxing, like it was heavy. And yes, like we don't realize that like experiencing and sitting with our emotions can be a heavy process. You know, like it's a lot for you to have to process and it's a lot for your body to have to release. And so the first thing is like, allow yourself to rest. Like I always tell people after a session, like you're probably going to feel tired today, maybe tomorrow. And and you were literally just lying down breathing. You're like, why am I so tired? But like your body was doing a lot. You know what I mean? Like you were holding space for your body to do a lot. And so the first thing is like, if you go through a longer session, you definitely want to allocate time after for rest. And so again, in our fast paced lives, don't go from breath work straight to work or breath work straight to, you know, cocktails with the girls. Like after that session, give yourself time to go home, like relax, process through because stuff will continue to come up. I don't know if that happened for y'all, but I've had sessions where maybe nothing comes up during the session, but maybe the next day it's a lot that's happening. Right. And so you want to give yourself time 
time to process without like feeling rushed to get back into life. And then hydration is important because, you know, I'm sure y'all y'all know from your experience, like when you breathe, you're shifting the pH and the oxygen, you know, you're taking a lot of air in, like that depletes you of um, hydration in your body. And so making sure that you're replenishing those fluids is important. And then grounding, like really going outside and placing your feet on the earth if you can do that. Or if you can't go outside, like I'm in Baltimore and it's cold right now, maybe taking a bath with some Epsom salt. Like you want to do something to release the energy that you've allowed to come up. Great advice great tips i love the bath one <laughs> i did yes. too i'm <laughs> like oh that sounds so good it did. i know you've probably had so many amazing stories of how this this practice has helped other people and yourself do you have a favorite story success story when were you like girl we turned it around after that <laughs> session or 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 i turned it around maybe that. i turned it around So what is immediately coming up for me is, so I started my organization Moving Still because I really, again, representation and matters and people need to see themselves in spaces. But access is also important when it comes to wellness. And when you think about communities that don't typically have access, whether they're lower income or communities of color, typically you might see more liquor stores on the corner. You might not see a yoga yoga studio or breathwork studio, right? And so for me, it was important to be able to go into spaces and offer wellness services to people that might not typically have access. And the way that I do that is by partnering with organizations and having them bring me in. And so whether it's like employees or nonprofits, um, so I was working with a nonprofit here in Baltimore and they work with women that were previously incarcerated. And typically the women are recently released. And so they're trying to get back on their feet you know, a lot of them are moms and they have children and they're working on reestablishing those family relationships, but they're also trying to get jobs and like secure housing. And so they're going through a lot and they're dealing with a lot of, you know, stressful things as they have been released. But also there might be some, you know, stress and trauma around just their lives in general and what got them into being incarcerated. And so I have held space for these women, breathwork sessions and yoga sessions. And on multiple occasions, I've had women come up to me after and say like, wow, I learned so much today about stress and how my body holds, you know, stress and trauma. And then they say, like, had I known this before, like, had I known, had I had this as a technique, had I known that I could calm my body down in this way and not just be reactive, my life would probably be completely different. Because a lot of times we don't realize that when we react to things, whether it's violent or anger or, you know, aggression, like all of these things, at the core of that is unresolved stress and trauma. And so whatever whatever got them into a situation where they were incarcerated, had they had better tools and strategies to calm the nervous system down, to bring themselves down, their lives might be different. And so having women share that with me, like I wish I had known this 10 years ago or however long ago, that is like, okay, this is all worth it. Because like now you have this tool that a lot of us were never taught. Like, you know, most of us, we weren't taught how to manage stress and how to calm our nervous system. Like those are things we're figuring out as adults. And so I just love hearing stories like that because I'm like, okay, I'm like moving the needle. You know what I mean? Like you I'm are. giving people tools to to deal with life and we all need those things. Girl, we do. Vessel. We definitely need the tools because even if maybe your reaction might not be grand, sometimes it's just like something emotional causing you to want to respond to a text, go back to a situation mm-hmm. or anything. And if you just take a few moments to breathe, you'll be like, uh-uh, that actually ain't smart. Yes. Right. Ain't so, for me. Yeah. It's good to have those tools. So Dominique, Black Girl Bravado to us is undeniable confidence in your face boldness. So I would ask you, what has been your personal biggest moment of Black Girl Bravado to date? Mm. So I think for me, Black Girl Bravado is about taking up space. My own healing journey has really been about allowing myself to be seen and to be heard in spaces after hiding for so long because of my own unresolved trauma. And I didn't want to be seen like physically I was overweight and I tried to hide and just like, you know, like not against all of the stories and the narratives of what it means to be a black woman and how I'm supposed to show up in spaces. I just dimmed my light for so long. And so for me, like just again, taking up space is black girl bravado, like being confident in who I am and sharing what I've learned with other women and allowing them to take up space, empowering them to take up space is what comes to mind for what does it mean to, you know, really exemplify black girl bravado. We are so grateful that we got a chance to speak with you today. (laughs) 
we know that this information is going to help not only heal ourselves, but everybody who's who hears it. This is just so vital and necessary. Would you mind letting our girls, our homegirls know what you have going on and where to find you? Mm-hmm. So I got two exciting things going on that I'm really happy to share. So I'm writing a book. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. The book is called Hold Space to Heal, and it talks about the importance of releasing, right? Like all we were talking about today, releasing the things that we've been holding on to, reconnecting with ourselves and our bodies, and really remembering our power, like remembering the most authentic version of ourselves. And so I'm writing a book, and I'm excited about that. It's going to be released uh, Q2, so it'll be here by the summer. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a soul care card deck that's going to be coming out soon. And there are 44 cards. Each activity is 3 to 30 minutes. And it's all about giving women daily things that they can do to nourish themselves. And so that is called Nourished and that'll be out in March. And so if you're like, where do I start with taking care of myself? I would say start with the card deck because it gives you very easy things, even with the busy schedule that you can do every single day to nourish yourself and take care of yourself. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then where can they find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs, on Beyonce's internet. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) So I am on Instagram as Dominice R. Clifton. And my name is Mad Long, but um, Dominice R. Clifton, if y'all can like, you know, link it in the show notes. And I'm also on LinkedIn as Dominice R. Clifton. And those are usually like the two places where I hang out. Love it. We definitely will link it because we want everybody to know who you are and connect with you. You're so powerful and this Thank work you. is so necessary and we're it just is. grateful. Yes. Thank, Thank you all. so much, Dominique, for sharing your energy and your just knowledge with us today. We appreciate it beyond words and you are definitely going to help us all come home to ourselves. Oh, I'm so honored to be here with y'all today. Thank y'all so much. I just feel so full of knowledge after speaking with Dominice. I even feel more prepared to start a breathwork practice. You know, it seems more attainable for me, more realistic to implement into my wellness routine. And I'm just really excited to put more tools into my toolkit. Yeah, it sounds very beneficial. And the fact that, like you said at the top of the show, that this is something that's innate, Mm -hmm. like a tool that we already have that we can just utilize. Like, I love that. So I'm excited and I hope you all found value in that conversation. Yes, honey. So y'all, we have come to the last segment of the show. It's time to pick up your pen. We're We're dropping dropping a gem. So this is the part of the show where we like to share the things that we are enjoying. If it's a book, if it's a beauty product, if it's a sermon or a meme or just whatever that we're enjoying right now, we want to share with you. This is also where you can share your gems with us by hitting us up on the Homegirl Hotline. All that information is down in your show notes. But what is our gym this week? So our gym this week is Black Girls Breathing. So Jasmine Marie, she's a founder of Black Girls Breathing. She created this space for Black women to cope with the unique stress that we experience through breath work and community. So her platform is all about us breathing. Mm -hmm. She is a breath work practitioner. Um, They host monthly virtual breath work circles. They are so good. They have a sliding scale. Some of you may be able to enter those for free or for a low cost. Highly encourage you to go follow that platform because it is good. So that's on Instagram, Black Girls Breathing, and we'll put that down in the show notes. Also, my fave... The Insight Timer app, I use this app every single morning. They have tons of different breathwork practices that you can tap into, tune into. Short, long, whatever you need, it's there. Find them. A lot of them are free, too. Yeah. Most of them are free. I download it. Can't wait to get into it. Yeah, get into it. I will be. All right, y'all. That is it for today. Please, please, if you don't do anything else today, put some time on your schedule to just breathe, baby girls. We're going to be back next week talking about the innovation of black women with journalists, artists, and all-around badass black woman, Brooklyn White. Make sure you bring your ass back here. Yeah, we will see you same same time, same place next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.